This is episode 81 of the Reading Cove Book Club's podcast. We're always looking for great new members, so if you're a book lover who may be interested in joining an online book club, please visit our website at thereadingcove.com to learn more about the group. For August 2017, we're discussing The Life We Bury by Alan Eskins. So hi, I'm Millennia in Florida. And I'm Roberta in Georgia. And Roberta and I are two members of the Reading Cove Book Club, and we're here today to discuss pick number 201, The Life We Bury by Alan Eskins, which was chosen by me, yours truly. And the whole group liked it. We wrapped up our discussion with the rest of the group online, and we finally have one that everybody's pretty much <laughs> in agreement on. Yes, it, it was a rare occurrence, but but very exciting. Very exciting because there was a lot to discuss. There were a lot of different things going on. Particularly, what was most interesting for me was Kathy, Joe and Jeremy's mother. Yes. She was like the only character, I think, well, not the only one, but she was one of the main characters that I felt had no redeeming qualities at all. She was just terrible. And I like that, you know, jumping right to the end, it was sad that it ended without her having come around or shown any signs of improving herself, but very authentic, don't you think? Right. Be- yeah, because life doesn't get tied up in a neat little bow. And Exactly. Poor Jeremy did have some, you know, a, a good brother to rescue him because if he'd been an only child, you know, one shudders to think what could have happened to him. Yeah. With her leaving him alone, like that if there was no joe to come and step in and intervene then he would have ended up being taken away right she would have ended up losing custody yeah well i think the only reason nothing happened in the recent time is because he had gotten older and once you get past a certain age the the defects or whatever you have in your area you know unfortunately isn't going to be as concerned with you even if you do have special needs as uh, Jeremy did. Oh, was how old was he? Was he was he, 18. He was? Yeah, because oh. I, re- I remember, like I said, towards the end, that Kathy had gone off and left him by himself while she and this bad boyfriend went off to the casino mm-hmm. and things that happened. For days. For days. <laughs> And so she's trying to tell Joe, well, you know, he's 18 years old and he's saying, no, he's not. I forgot that. I thought he was like 17. I thought he was still underage. Well, no, he was technically adult. So that was the bad thing Mm. that it was hard, you know, um, that, I mean, Joe was going to be able, you could tell at the end, since there was this abuse and, you know, visible abuse Mm -hmm. that certainly could get um, guardianship because it would show that, you know, she wasn't protecting him. Even if he was a quota adult, he still was someone with special needs. It wouldn't be any different than someone that was actually in a facility and was, you know, abused that no matter what age you are, you know, wrong is wrong. Right. I think in the eyes of the law, though, Jeremy would probably be considered not be considered an adult because he can't take care of himself and he does need either a a court appointed guardian or, or you know, yeah, something. Right. But I said, but it would have been harder, you know, for defects to get involved without other things unfortunately you know jeremy was at least able to communicate enough so he could you know call up joe someone like kathy it's sad to say but even in real life she's there's not much hope for her because she just doesn't care you know she's got mental health issues and then drinking problems 
but she doesn't want to help herself. You know, yeah, that she's was... a drunk. Her boys, if she was able to raise them yeah. to this point and no light bulb has gone off, <laughs> then oh. it's very unlikely that one ever will. Right, because you think when she had this special needs child that she would have settled down some, but no, it didn't make any difference because it sounds like even from his earliest days, as soon as he could, that Joe was more responsible for little Jeremy than the mom was. You yeah, know, she, he had to go out and work, and then she was. He had to hide his money from her yeah. and all her manipulation tactics. You know, with the money, and he and he actually had to hide it to be able to save up for school to go right. to put himself through college. It, she was awful. She was just an awful drunk. I guess nothing would turn her around if her if her sons wouldn't couldn't do it, right. then nothing will. And he at the end he everything just worked out really you know, we talk about the nice neat bow, but right. I loved how that reward money came in right. from those other girls that that jerk had killed or whatever. And right you know you weren't expecting that and I just loved it because now he had this problem where he was going to have to drop out of school give it up and look after his brother right and now that just came in right on time so right so I love that yeah so at least there was some sort of uh, hope and redemption there at least for for Joe that you know that his his good deed didn't go totally unpunished you know that he almost got killed and Lila almost got killed but <laughs> You know, it was not it was not good, but in the end, at least that that things worked their way out, so that there there was a reward for what his you know ill timed decisions came it to. It felt yeah, and it felt authentic. The reward. It didn't feel like it was just being tied up in a bow or contrived uh -huh. or anything. It was no. something that the reader wouldn't necessarily think of until right. it happened, and you're like, oh yeah, there oh, would yeah. be there would be maybe some reward money. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and it helped everybody. It helped Jeremy and Joe and Lila. And at the same time, these poor people that, um, you know, had lost their loved ones, then at least they had a little bit of closure on, on what had happened also. So. Exactly. And what had happened? So, obviously, if you're listening to this, you should have read the book, so you already know the story. <laughs> but going into it, I pretty much felt that um, he was innocent, right? You know, just from reading the synopsis, I thought, okay, obviously he didn't do it. Joe's going to find that out throughout the course of his writing of writing his paper and that's exactly what happens and in the end it wasn't a shock to me that it was somebody in the house who had killed crystal hagen because i've assumed that i go it has to be somebody who in the house especially when the journal came into play her diary and she started writing in code and i thought well she was writing about the creepy guy next door openly why would right. she stud suddenly start writing in code if he was starting to force her to have sex with him or whatever right. so I thought, no, it's somebody in the house or somebody she knows, but it's not him. And, you know, the other evidence that made it look like it was him with it being in his shed and him there sitting there with the gun and being drunk and, you know, her writing in her journal about how he's always staring at her and all this stuff. And I just thought, mm -mm, that's just circumstantial. Yeah. And well, and then they planted that fingernail, too. So I mean, fingernail. Right. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So the and back and back when it happened, because it was 30 years ago, there wasn't all the uh, DNA, DNA. Mm -hmm. that they have now. So prosecutor, the people who, you know, framed him, they fear, well, this is easier to make it look like it's him because everybody knows he's kind of a loner and, you know, drinks. And, and, and she was know, already writing about him in her journal. Yeah, she was. Yeah, right. And she's already complaining about him, mm -hmm. you know, watching her and acting kind of like a, a pervert. But I don't think he really meant to do that. I just think he was 
thought he was lonely and and he was kind of, you know, drunken out of it. So right. it was easy for them to frame him because of how he was and then the way things were at that time. You know, if, if it had happened nowadays, you know, it wouldn't have worked at all because the minute they did the DNA even on that fingernail, they were like, this isn't Carl's blood. Exactly. <laughs> it's not Carl's blood because they, they found that out right away when they were finally able to do it, you know, in, in modern time. Originally, Joe goes just because they say, you know, write somebody about somebody older and what was a pivotal thing. Like you said, he thinks the nursing home, but Carl, even as sick as he is, he's about the only lucid one there, which is sad. <laughs> it seems like Alzheimer's and dementia's on the rise, too. So, fortunately, this story is pretty authentic in that degree also. And Carl didn't help his own cause because he was so damaged from Vietnam right. and just didn't care whether or not he, he wanted a speedy trial. He yeah. didn't help with his defense and just was very apathetic about the whole thing. And yeah. so any fight that he, you know, any normal per innocent man would have put up, he didn't. So right. it just made it very easy for him to get, you know, thrown away for it. Yeah, lots of way because he didn't really care. I mean, he was gonna—he had planned on killing himself anyway. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So, I thought, oh well, I won't kill myself. I'll go off to jail. Yeah, you know? I'll just sit in jail. That's <laughs> you know. So I'm miserable anyway, so I might as well be, you know, locked up and be miserable, and I won't have to worry about taking care of my myself. Your you life, know? exactly. <laughs> so, but. You know, it's sad, but I could see how he could think that way. And it was hard. I think it was hard on his friend Virgil because Virgil wanted to testify for him. And it may have helped a little bit, but I think people were already had decided in their minds that he was guilty. He just looked guilty. Yeah, so yeah. even if Virgil had been allowed to testify, they would have thought, well, that's all well and good that they were army buddies. But this guy, you know, got twisted and he's still guilty, whether he was a save this other person's life or not you know yeah, and he would he would be biased wouldn't he i mean he saved my I, life so of course i'm gonna try yeah, to save his <laughs> right so yeah but you know at least with with carl he wasn't sentenced to death that you know his life without right right role but, but i don't know that carl was such a good person even to start with he was like you said he was a very damaged person mm -hmm. so many people that went off to vietnam or any war especially vietnam which was highly highly unpopular you know you didn't get a hero's welcome home and thank you for you know for serving as people <laughs> people you know spit on the people coming back and you know people a lot of people came back you know really damaged because you just wonder even if he hadn't had the horrible thing with you know his his uh, leader and the stuff that happened in that village it may not have been that horrible he still would have come home you know not right right the only thing that, like for critique that I had with the book, because I thought, I felt disappointed in the end. When Virgil said, when Joe first met Virgil, and he says to him, you know, something like, um, Carl could never have committed this crime or something like that, you know, like he was very emphatic. And so right. that got my mind thinking and I'm going, hmm, I wonder if maybe he's impotent or something, you know, yeah. like he couldn't have raped her. Like, yeah. I, that's what, what I was thinking because... For him to be that positive that he it's impossible that he would have been able to do this I go oh maybe he was damaged over in Vietnam yeah. and you know he just wants to keep that to himself you know that's uh, shoots right to the heart of manhood and all that right. and so maybe that's 
part of why. So anyway, it didn't go that route. No. But I I was a little bit disappointed that there wasn't a little bit more to Carl's apathy. And um, while I can understand, of course, he's a Vietnam vet, traumatized from being over there and everything. But when he was over there, and I think he took a bullet for Virgil or something. Right. People were saying, oh, he's a hero. But Carl was really trying to kill himself. Right. 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 But they didn't know that. They know? didn't they... know that. Right. But he he knew. Right. He was right. really wanting to kill himself. And I wanted a reason for that. I, I was, you know, I was like disappointed that there wasn't more of a reason. Like if he had been injured in in such a way and then he just decides to, you know, give up on life and all of this. That just felt a little bit, I don't know, something was missing. I, I wanted Carl's character to be a little bit more interesting, I guess. Well, yeah, I mean, but, you know, they told you about the horrible stuff with his twisted, perverted leader. That and... guy was just, yeah, yeah. that guy and... was crazy. <laughs> And then, and then, you know, him ended up doing what he did, you know, basically killing the guy in cold blood. But, you know, he felt like he didn't have any choice. He was but, trying to yeah, force him to, if my but, memory serves me, he was trying to force him to rape the girl. Right, right. You know, it was pretty much self-defense. But at the same time, he felt like, you know, he had murdered him in cold blood. That made things even wor- worse for him. But, yeah, the, I said probably the difference between my B plus and, and the A I might have given it was I would have liked a little bit more insight also into the the Carl of you know that era and prior because I think we got a little bit of his life but not a big a good picture of who he was right you know before exactly yeah I mean but overall but I said I think the author did a really you know wonderful oh yeah really good job of of developing most of the characters Mm -hmm. and it was different from your usual type of you know mystery or or it was very character driven there there was the action of course you know especially towards the end Mm -hmm. but there it was very much character driven where you had uh different sorts of people and everything not your typical novel type people you have you know people that were from different types of background as they say here we even said in our discussion about the life we bury that each of them had things in their past that they tried to keep you know buried mm-hmm. carl with his vietnam experiences um joe with the guilt over his, his grandfather yeah and then lila with you know her her past bad behavior bad choices so mm-hmm. And then I said, unfortunately, Kathy never has buried her. <laughs> she needed to bury some stuff, but she she doesn't look like she's going to bury that that past life. I just really enjoyed how the author wove all these characters together and showed that you know people can really care about and come together that are really from totally different backgrounds and eras and and whatever. Yeah, and it it kept it keeps your attention. The story yep. pulls you right through and there really wasn't a moment where I felt okay, get on with it or something. You know, yep. there was there was always interest going. So, I think he's a really good writer and I am definitely open to um his other books. Right, right, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. And it it was really nice that Joe and Lila and even Jeremy a little bit were able to get that overturned because if it weren't for them if it weren't for them keeping at it and Joe doing <laughs> 
some crazy things, then right. it wouldn't have happened, especially before Carl passed away. Right. So I think you know he was kind of hanging in there, hoping that you know after after he had some hope that they were going to be able to overturn his uh, conviction, that he was finally going to be deemed an innocent man. That he kind of hung in there. You know, after that, he was able to to let go. Yeah. Yeah, and I thought it was fitting that he passed away that same yeah, that, that same day. Yeah, his name had been cleared, and he was able. He to, was vindicated. Yep. So that that was kind of cool. But I said, but yeah, and Joe was fortunate. These people were able to, you know, since he was so persuasive and so doggedly determined, they were able to go through and do it and not go through tons and tons of paperwork mm -hmm. that backed it up for, for months and months. But yeah, him, we have to talk a little bit about him going off to confront <laughs> Douglas Lockwood, was his name? Yeah, the, the father. The yeah, father. That was just crazy. That you know? was nuts. And at least tell somebody. Right. But you know, you have to stop and think. He's only 20 years old. So right, right. Even at that age, sometimes, <laughs> sometimes you don't stop. To don't think. have the best judgment. And he just wanted, you know, Carl to be vindicated. He, he right. really wanted it to happen before he passed away. So because like, it was parallel to his guilt about his grandfather. It's right. like he saw Carl as his grandfather in a way. Right. I, even though they don't come around and say, I think he had this thing in the back of his mind, you're right, that if I can clear Carl, then I can feel better that I could save him, so to speak. Mm -hmm. But, you know, once he got to that place and saw how drunk and how bad <laughs> he lived, you know, that should have been your first clue. Well, you know... But he started confronting him. I mean, the conver you know, he invites him in and the conversation started out fine. Right. But then when he wasn't getting anywhere, he decides to throw caution to the wind and just right. go on the attack. <laughs> and that's when things go south. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, but most people, if you're, you're basically accusing them of killing I them, know. <laughs> they're, they're not going to just say, oh, sure, yeah, I did that. I'm sorry. I was <laughs> Especially, you got to think this guy, you know, is drunk, uh, drunk. He's living out there, you know, in the middle of nowhere is, you know, his he's washed up, you know, his wife left him and his business <laughs> failed. So it's not like he has a whole lot to lose. And he's he, gotten away with it. As far as you know, he's, he's gotten, gotten away with, with it for 30 years. Yeah. He's so, not about know, to go down easy. No, no <laughs> he, he doesn't feel guilty. You know, no. he does even when you think it, you know, they thought it was him, he's not going to uh, worry about it. What the heck? Because at first they're trying to think when he talks about the biblical thing about your children, you try to think, well, maybe that's how he thought of Crystal. But then in retrospect, you realize he wasn't talking about being able to control her since she was the stepchild. But he was talking about protecting his son, who he knew was, you know, twisted. Right. And that son was really terrible. He was. I mean, you know, because, you know, you just felt from the get-go there was something wrong with him. Really wrong with him. He was a true psychopath. Like a serial murderer. Because Sir he murder. killed all these other women. And then he goes off and kills his father just to be, oh. just to Carl. ensure his own safety. I mean, that's really low to kill your father. Vicious, when you're, yeah. <laughs> when your father is the one that's been Protecting trying. you. <laughs> you all these years because i think his father knew you his know. father knew that's why he was going to uh kill joe right but i mean i think his father knew all along you know mm -hmm. and looking back i think he knew all along and he was just protecting him and figure he could you know 
help him get away with it. So, but you know, then to turn I think around, he knew. Didn't wasn't he the one who found out? because of the her boyfriend and the car and something about they yeah. stole a car from the dealership and right or, or was it the brother who found out and then was blackmailing her with it yeah well no the the killer you know the junior, danny dan dj yeah, he, he was the one that found out you know the about the car and and because her glasses were lost and he found the glasses and mm. so he, he was blackmailing her not for money but you know, for sexual favors. And, right. But you know, the father had to figure it yeah, out. Yeah, I think he knew. Yeah, because he probably helped him frame Carl. Right, because they, you know, they had said somebody was peeking out the window. Yep, yep, yep. So, good pick. Yes. Really good pick. All right. So, that's our discussion of The Life We Bury by Alan Eskins. Thanks to our listeners, as always, for tuning in. And leave us your comments. If you read The Life We Bury, please let us know what you think. And stay tuned for our next episode. We'll be discussing Ford County by John Grisham. Bye. Bye.